Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What is up? What is up, Jason? How are we doing? What do we have on the show coming up today? So at 1230, we have a company called Game On. Um, they are under a different company, uh, Victory Square, and Game On's doing uh, the, the micro betting. So you're watching a football game live and you can bet on a play, bet on the... Is it, pub- um, is it public? Game On is not, but Victory Square, the parent company is. But Game On and Victory Square are both um, event sponsors for us for an upcoming event. Got it. Okay, so um, here's what's what I have moving today. Um, I trimmed some Tesla last week, like like the most I trimmed in one week before, ever, because you know I've I had 530 shares, or five, I think I trimmed 15 shares at 640 last week. You know, I was trying to reduce the portfolio size, just dedicate. I know you told me like keep with my conviction right and right. i you know so i sold some so now it was you know before the week started i was like i got it to like 30.1 now it's 32 percent because it went up um i tried to get into like 30 percent um disney is having a nice little move today um i already mentioned generic fgf is not really moving much it's just such a big position in the portfolio that's why you're seeing a small move move it caesars is having a little bounce i like still like caesars i like agri as you guys know twilio square i'm gonna keep those ones for a while um and del taco etc disney's due to black widow opening um it could be right i just think disney's a good long-term holding um what what i want to point out is how much money they they made compared to the box office so that's i think the the important part to point out here um, so uh, essentially, if you look at how much they made in the box office and how much they made on their Disney Plus platform, it's close to almost being the same amount. And so if they can make the same amount, what I, I love the idea that Spencer brought up in pre-market prep. He said, so now Disney's going to renegotiate all these contracts with movie theaters like AMC because they're able to make their money at home already on their platform, they don't have to be given out so much money in the movie theaters. So I think this is what you're seeing, this reaction showing strength in Disney+. Plus. I took someone's Tesla this weekend to show them how to do self-driving. You know, I was changing the guy's horns so it can make whatever horn sound he wanted. Like, you know, when at a horse race, they go, do-do-do, do-do-do. We did that one. We did, like, a welcome. Then they, they the Tesla had the fart noise as a horn. So, and then it would also do a horn. Like, say you're listening to a song, it'll take the last three seconds of the song and make that into a horn. And there's a clap sound. So if I was at my son's baseball game, I can clap. You know, Tesla's my biggest position, guys. 30% of my of my portfolio. Boom, but Drive Shack. Let's talk a little bit really quickly. DS. They just got a new uh, deal, a partnership with Roy McElroy for their kind of puttery. This is a new experience. This is a copy to Top Golf exact copy i i would call them a copycat they but the one thing that they're trying to do differently is not just do drive they're also trying to do some kind of puttery where where you're kind of being able to drink and, and still being able to you know play some putt putt so look for these experiences I, I don't find it a bad one for reopening play matt how's it going I'm good. I'm good. Happy Monday. Thanks for having me. Happy Monday to you as well. So real quick, Matt, where are you from? 
I'm originally from Australia, uh, moved to New York about seven years ago, and then last year just moved to Miami. So I'm in Miami right now. Wow. Uh, so what did you initially, what were you doing in New York when you moved over? So I was uh, at the ripe old age of 23, and I just, I literally just wanted an adventure. I'd seen, you know, the US and, and sports, the, the major leagues kind of on TV and in movies, and I just decided I'm quitting my job. And I'm booking a ticket and I just bought a one-way ticket to New York and didn't have anything established or set up. Um, but, you know, worked it all out along the way. Ended up working for the Brooklyn Nets and Barclays Center for a long time. Uh, worked in the agency world before I took the, the deep dive into the startup world. So, yeah, had a, had a, had a great time in, in New York. It's, it's a great place. But now I'm enjoying the, the change of pace in Miami. Wow. So, so you're saying you bought a one-way ticket over to a whole new country, not even knowing, you know, essentially what you would be doing. That's, that's pretty, the, the, the me today is, is, is shocked when I, when you tell, when you say that back to me, um, <laughs> but, but that, that taught me, you know, that, that was the, the learning curve and, and what really set me up for entrepreneurship, like that learning experience of having to work it out, set it up in a new place, no friends, you know, didn't know anybody, uh, didn't have a job. So that, you know, New York definitely chewed me up and spat me out a few times, but that was the experience that, that definitely helps me today as a, as, a, as a founder and CEO. So, you know, when you came over, you said you were, you were doing some work with the Brooklyn Nets and now uh, you're at a company that's also involved with sports. I mean, has this been a, like a long time passion of yours? Did you grow up playing sports? Yeah, yeah. Sports is always what I've, what I've wanted to do. I, I played rugby all my life back in Australia um, I started studying sports on the exercise, on the science side um, out of, when I went to university, but then very quickly within like a year when I started getting into those like chemistry and biology classes, I was like, no, nah, I need out of this. So I, so I switched to business uh, and that's when I, I, ne- I didn't turn back. So sports business is so still focused on sports and really, really love that, uh, grew a passion for it worked and then worked in sports all my life, always on the business side, on the deal-making side. Uh, and then, you know, started working on, on Game On, which, you know, is, is is today's passion and really excited to share more about it today. Um, so real quick, I mean, the, the way I described it, you know, from what I, I could tell, it, it seems like Game On's goal is, is to make betting um, kind of more engaging. Is that accurate or how would you describe it? Yeah, so, so we, it's not just betting. It's also on the free-to-play side. Uh, and we help content providers make their content more social and engaging. So we're a B2B. Uh, we're a technology company, a predictive gaming company. And we plug into TV networks, sports books, teams, leagues, tournaments to help make their content more engaging and social through prediction games. Interesting. So I, so I see on here that you know, you have some good partners between Bravo, NBC, Universal, Comcast, The Real Housewives. So where do you see, you know, in an example, at least let's go with The Real Housewives. With, with something like a reality TV show, how can you make that more engaging for the audience? Um, what's your role there? So we, we build predictive gaming experience around the content, be it sports or reality TV. So, for example, for a reality TV partner, it might be before the game and all the fans who are watching, sorry, before the show, before all the fans who are watching make predictions like, 
Uh, will Rachel receive a rose this episode? Which housewife will appear first? Will there be an engagement in this episode? So it suddenly gets the, the, the fan, the viewer, more invested, watching, and more excited about the content. Uh, it's more social and engaging. Uh, and, and that whole experience looks and feels like our partner's experience. So when we did the Real Housewives activation last year, it looked and felt like a Real Housewives engage experience. It was just powered by Game On. So how would you deal with, you know, something like reality TV that's not like live sports where it true like live sports is truly live. Something with reality TV that's been recorded. I mean, how would you deal with um, you know, people saying how can you bet on something that's happened in the past? I mean, this has already happened. Uh, you know, insider knowledge could leak of who did get the rose. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I'm sure that's come up in your business before. Yeah, so when we're when we're working with the IP partners, more often than not it's a free-to-play experience. So with NBC, Universal, and Bravo, you know they're not taking real money bets. Uh, so there's less that you know there's less you know concern over that. Um, now, if we're working with sports books, um, it, it's more likely to be around sports, and of course they have the licenses in place to to roll out something like that. Hey, Matt uh, Spencer Israel here, and one of the other guys uh, on this ship. So if I'm Getting this right, you're just the technology provider, right? That that enables the integration of betting on anything into like a show, for example. Is that is that fair? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We we want to empower the IP holder to make their content more engaging and social through prediction games. And our technology is 100% programmatic. That's the main selling point. Is that you know, a lot of our competitors in the space have to integrate at the broadcast level, which means someone has to produce it on their end. That's not the case here. We write the questions, grade and results in real time, update leaderboards, and then distribute any rewards or prizing at the end. 100% programmatic. Um, so there's no additional lift on our partner's end, uh, but we're still driving all of the KPIs that they want us to, like engagement, viewership, data collection, and of course, revenue and bottom line. Explain the programmatic thing a little bit, because I think most people probably have, have heard that word within the context of advertising, right? Programmatic ads. Can you just explain a little bit more for people who don't know? Yeah, so what programmatic means is that it doesn't require human interaction on on the on our or, or the partner's end. So it happens automatically. So, so programmatic and automatic are kind of interchangeable, especially in this use case. So when we're handing this, this technology or integrating our technology to, to our partners, no one has to sit there and input every score, or input a touchdown, or write a prediction before they distribute it to the user. It's totally automatic, and that's our engine, our predictive engine does that. You said right now a lot of this is, is free to play, uh, but for this for the stuff that's not free to play, I, what is the regulatory landscape like right now because i i'm not i'm not i don't know i'm asking you like what are there other you know we have legal sports betting in the u.s but i, I don't know like what that entails i don't know if that applies to the bachelor for example right so um like what, what is the regulatory landscape here as far as integrating this type of stuff uh you know uh this type of content into television shows or etc yeah so the, the first thing i want to say is that we're not we're not a sports book Okay. So we're working with partners who want to roll out real money games. They're the ones with the licenses. Okay. More often than not, it's the it's the sports book themselves. 
Um, today, we're not seeing TV networks getting into it, uh, being a sports book, but I think that's probably a few years away where we see start to see them dabble and, and want a piece of that pie. Uh, but our role is just being the technology partner. Um, but when we're looking at the regulatory landscape, I think in North America, it's the biggest, the, it's, a, it's an opportunity of, of uh, a lifetime. Uh, not many can say that, you know, if North America will be the biggest market for sports betting. It's the, one of the only markets in the world that isn't, you know, fully legal right now, um, but it's slowly becoming legal across, across the US and in Canada. Uh, and the role we want to play is to be the technology partner. I'm trying to understand, like, who are your competitors? Do you have a competitor? I don't even know. Yeah, there, there are a handful of competitors doing, um, you know, the, the B2B predictive gaming or fantasy type solutions. Um, how we differentiate is, uh, first of all, on the product. So, so most of the products that are being built you know, today are very simple. They're borrowed from other solutions. They're not innovative. So we're trying to be at the forefront of innovation with the products that we build. There will be a, there will be a news release coming out tomorrow in regards to a new product of ours that combines the world of predictive gaming and collectibles. Um, so look out for that and, and refer to this when I'm saying like how we're trying to be innovative. You'll really see that tomorrow. But then how we actually our real yeah, unfair advantage is our team. You know, you know, you saw my background in sports, but our chief product officer uh, built and was is the mastermind behind NBA Top Shot. He was at Dapper Labs before he before us, and then before that, he was at EA Sports building FIFA. Our chairman was the original Grand Theft Auto creator. Uh, he got acquired by Take Two Interactive and remains on their board today. He's still a director there. Uh, another a couple of advisors of ours come from DraftKings. Tim Cahill, who played for Australia in four World Cups um, and played for Everton in the EPL. He's getting you know, our foot in many doors. Uh, so our team is our true secret source and unfair advantage. And you're under the Victory Square uh, umbrella, right? Yeah. 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 They, they've been incredible partners. Uh, Victory Square, uh, you know, they, they own the old V2 games, which acquired Game On's assets. And now we became Game On Entertainment Technologies. We raised $5.8 million in a pre-IPO financing listed, you know, about a month ago. Uh, and they've been a, an incredible partner every step of the way. It's funny, in today's world, I, I haven't had a chance to meet them, yet we've achieved everything that I just mentioned, which is like, kind of blows my mind. But they're, they're, they're incredible guys and we're, we're, you know, super proud to be part of their portfolio. So just to understand this, uh, your company trades in Canada, but in the US, you're under the Victory Square uh, ticker. No, we're we're fully no, we're fully under you. Know, we're fully our own our own entity. We're listed in uh, in Canada and and Germany and Frankfurt and soon to be uh, in the US by the OTC. Okay, okay, there we go. Uh, do we have a filing or, or a ticker to look out for in the US? Uh, more to come. More to come shortly. That's on its way. More to come. All right. Do you have any any timeline on that the OTC um, listing, or is that you know are we just gonna have to keep our ears to the ground to hear more about that? We're hoping in the next four to eight weeks we're we're just in the approval process now and, and just buttoning up everything, but but we're well on our way. Okay, wow, yeah. Wait, last question, Matt. Favorite thing to bet on? 
Uh, I mean, uh, there's just so much going on right now. I'm a big, I'm a big sports fan, but um, I enjoyed. I think tennis. I would say tennis is my favorite. Thing really? Why? Not my favorite sport. Um, it's, it's probably my rugby is my favorite. I, I, I've really got into NFL since moving to the US. But tennis is just something that you can really get invested in and get a good few hours of, of you know, win or lose, you get a good few hours of entertainment out of. Uh, like I enjoyed Wimbledon over the last couple of weeks. So maybe it's just maybe it's just freshing my mind, but I really, <laughs> I really, I really like betting on tennis. I feel like I've actually had a good, like a pretty good record when it comes to betting with tennis compared oh, to other sports. Oh, okay, okay. And, and because and because it's you know one person, you're relying on on one individual to just show up versus you know a whole squad or a whole team. But you know also one individual cannot turn up, and that can, and that can ruin the bet. So it goes both ways. Yeah. What about um, Australian football? Because I know it's a little bit different than rugby. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually met a guy who used to play Australian football over in Australia on the pro level, and now he's playing in the NFL. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a, because they've gotten such massive kicks on them, they can come in and be a kicker in the NFL. Um, I, I like Aussie rules. The Australian sport is a little bit different in that where you're from dictates what sport you like, and you support that sport almost like it's your team. So Australia has a weird, weird environment where if you're an Aussie Rules fan, you hate rugby. And if you're a rugby fan, you hate Aussie Rules. And it's a smaller market as well. So, so they often market, they don't work together. They market against each other because there's, you know, there's not as many fans. Um, so I grew up loving rugby because I'm from Sydney, rugby league. Uh, but 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 I'm a I'm a general sports fan, so I can watch an Aussie Rules game as well. Not as not as passionately, but I like Aussie Rules as well. But you're in the minority there, though, that you can say you like both because you're saying most people either yeah, exactly, love yeah. Aussie Rules football or love rugby, but not both. Well. Yeah, and it's the same. Like if you and and both Aussie Rules and rugby fans hate soccer fans. Like they just like <laughs> So it's a weird, I like it much better in North America where you have a fan for every sport. You know, when I was in New York, you, you ask someone their teams and they'll, and they'll just go, all right, Giants, Yankees, Islanders, bang. Like, they're yeah. my teams. Hey, I, don't I know when I'm from the area? That's Everyone's got like four teams. That's the yeah. point. <laughs> all right. Matt Bailey is the CEO of Game On. We've learned a lot about his business, but also I think a lot about uh, the Australian sports culture, which I didn't expect to learn today. So, Matt, thanks a lot pleasure we'll 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 keep our ears to the ground for that uh that that otc uh opening thanks guys thanks for having me all right yeah thank you matt enjoy the rest of your monday you too bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.